What's good, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Hoopix, where we talk about basketball and wrestling unscripted and uncensored. My name is Jarrell Thomas. My name is Jonathan Brown. My name is David Craney. And before we start, I have I have something I need to get off of my chest. I've decided that I'm going to spend the rest of my life exposing casuals. Some of you casual, hypocritical as NBA fans who claim you love the game and know the game, and then you just come say stupid shit and you run your mouth. And I'm I'm, I'm fed up with you, okay? Because the disrespect that the Phoenix Suns have gotten, specifically Devin Booker, has been completely unacceptable. I've heard people say to me that Devin Booker wasn't that good because his teammates were bad and because he didn't win games. And now all of a sudden, oh, Devin Booker's really that good. Shut the hell up. Stop it. You're fake. You're casual. I've heard people when Phoenix was going up against the Lakers. Y'all said to me, hey, don't count out Bron. You know what I have to say to that? Phoenix and six. Y'all said to me, oh, well, the Lakers, they're still a good team. Um, I'm sorry to break it to you, but the Lakers are ass. I'm sorry. Even, even with LeBron and AD, that team was hot ass. Booty butt, booty butt, booty butt cheeks, okay? Them boys replaced every key piece besides LeBron and AD and made it worse. They replaced Rondo with Dennis Schroeder. They kept Kuzma, which I won't under, never understand. They replaced JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard with Mark Gasol and Andre Drummond. And y'all said to me, this is the team to beat. And I, I Brian, I love you, but Phoenix and Six, enjoy Cancun. People said to me, oh, well, Jokic is the MVP. They're not going to beat Denver. And at the time of recording, this is right after game three of Denver versus Phoenix. You know what I have to say to that? <clears throat> Phoenix is four. Now, some of y'all be like, oh, well, Denver's not going to get swept. Okay, well, Phoenix in five. If it means that much to you, Phoenix in five. But the Devin Booker disrespect stops right now. The Phoenix Sun disrespect stops right now. I said from the get-go that Phoenix was going to be a great team. And y'all say, oh, but it's Phoenix. Like, shut shut the hell up, please. Like, I'm, I'm sick and tired of you casuals who claim you love the game, but you don't watch the game for real. Like, you, some of y'all talk, and I'm just convinced y'all don't watch basketball. I, I, I'm truly convinced some of you don't watch basketball. Like, how can y'all actually fix your lips to say things like this? Like, I've, I've heard people disrespecting Trey Young. Um, and I, okay, and one of my boys, he said this a couple of days ago, and I'm, I'm, I, I don't want this to sound like I'm throwing shade at him or anything. This is my boy. If you listen to this, I love you and all. I'm, I'm not even going to reveal your name, but you know who you are. My brothers on the podcast, they know who you are. And he said, the NBA has been dead since LeBron and Curry been out. This is some of the most exciting playoff basketball in years. Okay. That I, 
I cannot believe somebody actually said this, man. Like, I'm I'm so disappointed. This has been some of the most exciting basketball I have seen in years, bro. Talk, talking about, oh, well, since LeBron and Curry been out, okay? We saw LeBron and Curry in the finals for four straight years. And only one of those series was remotely interesting, okay? That first series, I mean... Yeah, Golden State was the underdogs, but they won. Now, that second series, you know, of course, Cavs, they they came back from 3-1. And then the next two years, you had KD, and LeBron didn't have anybody to work with. So only one of those was really even remotely interesting, okay? So let's stop the cap. If you're going to be a casual, be a casual. Own up to it. But please... Do not disrespect the young guys. Like, we're going to talk about that more in depth later. But these new guys are going crazy. So, on that same note, uh, De- Amen, uh, you can go first. What do, you, what do you think about casuals in the NBA who just run their mouths? Um, You can tell a casual just about how they tweet. <laughs> um. How somebody tweets about the game, you can easily tell if they actually have not. If they only watch Sports Center, or if they actually, and it's not even about like, oh, like I have league pass. I literally watch every single game, every single minute. Um, but it's also not just being like, oh, all I do is look at the statistic and all I do is look at the statistic and but I don't watch the game but it's like but, but he scored 16 points per game with eight rebounds but it's like yeah but like the impact on the game can still oh, uh be that great but I uh, I just you you can't even have a conversation with a casual to be honest it's just be real frustrating it make your head um. Yeah, it definitely sucks. Uh, uh yeah, that's really all I got about that. <laughs> yeah. Um. Let me, Let me just state for the record. Um. It's if you are a casual, it's perfectly fine. But this is more towards the fake casuals, the fake fans who are truly casuals. And I just want to say this too. If you believe that empty stats are real, you're an idiot. If you think somebody who averages 20 to 5 a game with five rebounds and maybe like four assists or something with a borderline 50, 40, 90, and you're saying, oh, well, it's empty stats because their teams aren't winning. And I was like, do y'all not understand that? These, these, even if the team is bad, they still got to play the same other 29 teams that each team has to play, and they're balling out. So don't 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 hit me with that, please. Like, okay, if their team is bad, their team is bad. Say that. If one more person says that Russell Westbrook has his stats, I will pers- <sighs> We need to personally have a discussion. Just, yeah, I just want to talk. But uh, Damon, what do what do you what do you think about the the fake fans of the NBA that are truly just casuals? I think you met John, yeah. but yeah. Oh my fault, my fault, my fault. 
and the fake fans of the NBA or basketball in general, uh, the fake fans, they're losers. They need jobs. They need to go outside. They need, they need to uh, fill out an application, send it to the job that they want to apply for, and they need to do well in the interview and get the job. They need to get a job. They need to get, find a hobby, work on that hobby. And also, I believe, I think these fake fans, they never play basketball, seriously. They just play it for fun. They never played on a competitive team where the competition was competitive, competitive, where they actually not only win games, but also lose games, have played against tough competition where the competitors were, were very competitive. They don't know the game of basketball. They don't know how to operate on offense. They don't know how to operate on defense. They don't, they don't know what type of plays these players are doing. They don't know what type of defense is being ran. They don't know what type of offense is being ran. So these fake fans that are just looking at statistics and thinking, oh, he's good, he's not good, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Look at how the players fit in their role on their team, how they operate on the role on that team, and see what they do with that role on the team. If it's not working, then okay. But you can't just say you can't just state an opinion or create an opinion based on statistics or what you or what you personally think instead of just understanding everyone's opinion on this player, evaluating by actually watching the game, actually try to do what he actually do when you have free time, and then create an opinion off of that. Don't just create an opinion off of statistics on what you see on the ESPN app. That's just stupid. John John just said it all right there. So to 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 these casuals, um, just just stop, please, because y'all have been triggering me for years. Everything y'all was said in Twitter, on Twitter, and also every social media, bro. It's, it's time to stop for real. It, it's time. Give it up now. But talked about it a little bit in my rant. But let's talk about the rise of these new stars in the NBA. And John, you can start this off. The rise of new stars in the NBA. All right. So, Jason Tatum, I believe he's already a star. Jason Tatum, Devin Booker. Uh, who else? Who else? Who else? Luka Doncic, Trey Young. Trey Young. He'll Trey Young. He'll Trey Young. I like him. He needs to, you know, they need to get it together against the 76ers. But um, I like I like this new generation of stars, bro. They're they're literally our age, like a month, like a few months older than us. So that's why I'm just looking at them. I I kind of feel jealous, like could have been me, but it's I though. But I'm glad I'm seeing new young stars rising. Cause I'm getting looks, you know. I'm I'm exhausted with LeBron. I'm getting a little exhausted with Curry, even though I love Curry. Uh, you know, but I love the the new young stars. It shows that the NBA in basketball is still going to be alive, strong, and well, even after LeBron retires. It, it reminds me of um, Paul Heyman in WWE. He said, WWE moves on without their biggest stars. When their biggest star is gone, they're, they're literally going to move on. And he said, CM, when CM Punk left, many people didn't see WWE moving on, but he literally showed an example of why they're literally moving why WWE is literally moving on from CM Punk and WWE is still strong in the lab today. Look at Michael Jordan when he left. People thought that wasn't going to happen. Then LeBron came in. 
and then LeBron came in, and then Kobe was rising, and then KD was rising too. So now when LeBron and KD are gone, he got Luca, he got Trey, he got Jason Tatum, he got Devin Booker, uh, we got Lamelo, Anthony Edwards, the uh, Aaron Fox, uh, we, Bradley Bill. He's starting to like come in the thirties, but it's we are we're still having a good rise of young superstars. They're going to come up. They're going to not only save the WNBA, but they're going to make the, not, not the WNBA, they're going to save the NBA and they're going to make the NBA better as it was right now. So I'm having high hopes for these young superstars and I love it. Yeah, yeah, I'm right with you. The, these guys have been balling out all season. Like, I, I think this is the season where the transition comes in, man, because the, these guys have been going insane. Like, Devin Booker, I, I I have been a huge Devin Booker fan, even like in the Kentucky days when he was coming off the bench. I I was with Devin Booker the whole time, and I, I knew Devin Booker would be this good, and look at him. You got Jason Tatum, who he's literally on the brink of being an official NBA superstar. Jalen Brown, he's going nuts. DeAndre Ayton, I, I, a lot of people say, oh, well, DeAndre Ayton may not may be a bust. And, you know, he shouldn't have gone number one. Now, in retrospect, yeah, Lucas should have went number one. But you can, like, I've, you've seen in these playoffs why DeAndre Ayton was that first pick. Like, he's been going toe-to-toe with the MVP of the league and winning. Now, Jokic just put up better stats. I mean, he's the MVP of the league. Come on now. But Phoenix is up 3-0. And they're one game away from sweeping the MVP of the league. And you got guys like, again, LaMelo, Anthony Edwards, Sadiq Bay. Um, Isaiah Stewart. Yeah, I know I just named two Pistons players, but come on. We got two all-rookie guys on the roster. You know, we got a lot of young guys in the league who are poised for greatness and have shown that so far. Again, heel tra- the Trey Young's heel turn was one of the best things to happen in the league, bro. Like, Trey Young has really become that villain. Like, dude, he's a villain at home. Like, he's getting cheered at home being a villain. Do you know how despicable that man is? That man is filthy good at basketball. And I'm just really excited for the future because, again, like John said, like, these guys are our age. Like, Zion and John Morant, they were the first two guys born in 2000 to be drafted in the NBA. Like, that's insane. Like, I'm struggling and depressed in college with student debt, and this dude's my age in the NBA. Like that that is actually insane. So I'm I'm very excited. I'm happy. Cause it's just a really good thing to see. Like, you know, because LeBron's not gonna be here forever. Steph, KD, though, all those that they're not gonna be here forever. And this new generation is coming up. I think this might be one of the best eras of basketball ever. Like some people, they gotta get in the gym, you know, get some more muscle on them. Um Looking at you, Imani Bates, no disrespect and love you and all, but you you got to get some weight up. But this is going to be an athletic and competitive era of basketball, and I'm all for it. But, uh, Damon, what do you think about this new age coming up with NBA stars? Yeah, it's – I'm enjoying it. It's a really big breath of fresh air. Like you said, like the guys we've grown up on with our like our hearts, like KGs, our Kyrie's, all of them are starting to get up. They're about in the 29, 31. I mean, which is not super old, but they're definitely they're still, you know, being high value 
um, contenders, but, you know, it's nice seeing all these new guys. And I don't know if anybody else mentioned this, but uh, also Donovan Mitchell. Oh, Utah's playing. Uh, it's because he's on Utah. It's exactly why. But I was going to say, he's been one of the most exciting players to watch since he got in the league. And a lot of people forget about him for because he's in Utah. And he's him and Rudy. Have, and honestly, they only had a pretty all-around solid team to push them to where they are right now, to where they're running with the Clippers, which, to be honest, I wasn't sure how this season, this uh, series was going to go. But there's a lot of good elite in the in this playoffs. I felt like all the young guys that are a part of it were already like stars to this point. But like you said, I'm really excited for like the next ten years of basketball. Um, but I also just want to say that Jarrell, please do not disrespect the future Thunder legend and Imani Bates, bro. He going to get there. He going to do what he need to do. And he will be in a jersey soon enough. Did you just say Imani Bates is going to the Thunder? Like, I, I just want to make sure that's what you just said. Yes. And I will say it again. Damon, bro, you, you're my man. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to be nice about this, bro. This man is Sam Presti's son. You, you have officially lost it. You lost it. Like, if you think OKC is actually going to be that bad where they get the number one pick and draft Imani Bates, come on now. Like, dude, they're going to they, they gonna have a weak team. If we won't have it, somebody will have that. Hey, it might be us. Actually, no, nah, not this year. Like, I, I've been trying to tell people, man, Detroit, it, things, things are going up this year. Like, it, it is. But you just said Imani Bates yeah, I, and OKC. I, I can't believe this. Look, I joke and I kid, but I was like, to be honest, bro, they probably won't by then. They won't be that. They won't be that low because I mean, they were almost. They were like in the eight nine seed when Shea was playing, and then once, obviously, once he got hurt, they they went downhill from there. But I was like, they wouldn't have made the playoffs, but they might have made them playing. But yeah, I'm, I'm just. I, I joke with my kids. Yeah, man, I'm I'm sorry, bro. I know you're a Thunder fan, but y'all not gonna be that bad of a team where y'all getting money mates. I'm sorry, but speaking of futures, it was reported a couple days ago that Kimball Walker and the Boston Celtics have mutually agreed to part ways, and if you didn't see this coming. How could you how could you have not seen this coming, man? Kimba and Boston were not a good fit at all. Um I know Kyrie, you know, okay, well, oh well, you replace Kyrie with Kimba Walker. You know, at first that sounds like okay, that's that's not a bad trade-off. Now look at things. Um Kyrie is one of the best players on the best team in the entire league, and Kimba will go two for 17, lose by 30, and he's just smiling. Cardiac Kimba is dead. It's cardio Kimba now. So I'm, I'm Boston. It, it was time, man. Like 
find a real point guard. Okay, Kim Kimba ain't been all that in years. I right? even when he was in Charlotte, cause and every like people like and, and this is gonna sound like oh well, are you saying that Kimba Walker was bad because he his teams didn't win games? No, because Kimba made the playoffs before, and he choked badly. And then Boston has happened two straight years, and he has choked. So, uh, as again, like, I'm not a Boston Celtics fan at all. You know, me being from Detroit, I'm a Jason Tatum fan and Jalen Brown fan. But this this is great for Boston. You know, if it, if it wasn't too late, I'd just say go get Isaiah Thomas back, but it, it's too late. You know, Isaiah Thomas – he could he could replace Kimba. I mean, he'll be better than Kimba anyway, but he's not going to be that same player that he was back then, like in 2016 and 2017 when he was an MVP candidate. He's not he's not going to be that guy anymore. So I'm going to ask Damon first. Since they are parting ways, what is your initial reaction to that, and where do you see Kimba going? Um, my initial reaction was like, I wasn't surprised by it. Um, but you know, I guess he did what he could with the role that he was supposed to have, I guess. But, um, honestly, I think he probably would. His value is going to be relatively decent, so he will probably either get. I don't know if he'd go to. A, I could. I don't see him not going to a contender or some or a team that's like kind of in the middle. That's like, oh, we kind of need we need a piece to see if we can take it to the next level. Trying to think off top. Yeah, Jonathan can take up, and I'm gonna see if I can remember or think. Yes. So thinking about uh, the Kemba situation, uh, I'm really not surprised because he's been underperforming. He's been underperforming like the past two years, I believe. And it's crazy how it's two years. Like, they didn't give him three years. So, I mean, he's been underperforming. He's not performed to the expectation that that he had in Charlotte. When he was in Charlotte, he was not going to lie. He was hooping. I mean, yeah, they were – the Charlotte Hornets was losing a lot. And Michael Jordan didn't give him any help other than Jeremy Lamb. But, I mean, he went to Boston. Now you got a superior team. And we take – the same amount of shots as Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, you're not hitting them. You got to improve your game. And the fact that it was consistent for two years, I mean, something had to be done. You know what I just thought about? And I'm actually kind of nervous about this. What if Kimba is doing the Blake Griffin? No. 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 Why would you leave Boston, a playoff team, for another team? That's just 
Yeah, I was gonna say bosses are already yeah. like really solid teams. So, yeah. no. Man. I'm I'm just sick of the oh well, yeah I'm gonna shoot O for seventy two, but I'm happy to be here. And then you lose by twenty five. And then when you do win games, you score like twelve points on fifteen shots. And then one game out of every span of maybe 10, you have like 22 and you're shooting 50%. I'm, I'm just, I'm tired of that. Like, cardiac Kimba is dead. So uh, I'm trying to think, where could he even fit? Like, where would he have the most value? Um, ooh, this is a hot take. Uh, I think right now, at this stage in his career, I don't say Kemba does, doesn't deserve to be starting, but at this stage in his career and how he's been playing, I think Kemba will be a great six-man somewhere. And I'm, I'm trying to think, where, where would he fit? Um... Honestly, I think it's Kimba, time for Kimba to go west. Uh, but where? I I'm not a hundred percent sure. Um, maybe maybe he could take shoulder spot. Like if he if he were still to be a starting NBA point guard, I think he yeah he could take shoulder spot. And I mean, anything's better than shoulder for the Lakers right now. So if the Lakers want to pursue Kimba. I say go for it. I say absolutely go for it. But with that, that is going to bring us to the close of our NBA session of the podcast. And now it's time for Worst Takes, the segment in the podcast where we react to your hot takes about basketball and wrestling live. Now, I only have basketball takes this week. So when it comes to the wrestling takes, y'all are going to have to carry this. Um, this first take, I'm, is just no. Um, it says Clippers in seven against Utah. No, no, not, not at all. Okay. The Clippers are not that good. Okay. Y'all seen Reggie Jackson hooping and y'all, 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 y'all a little confused now. So let me, let me explain something to you. Okay. Reggie Jackson is not the guy that y'all think Reggie Jackson is, okay? Reggie Jackson got y'all fooled. Reggie Jackson is the Patrick Beverly of the Clippers offense, okay? He is fooling y'all. Y'all have seen some good games, but let me tell you something. Detroit Reggie Jackson is still in there. And y'all, I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting for him to just completely fall off and start taking stupid shots in the fourth quarter. I'm ready. I'm ready for it, y'all. Y'all, first of all, if you're a Clippers fan, I already I don't know what's wrong with you, but Reggie Jackson is not that guy. Okay, he's had a few good games. This is actually the best season of his career somehow, but he's not that guy. Um, let's see. I like you know I have Luke Kennard bias as a as a Pistons fan. I'm always gonna root for Luke Kennard. Um, you know Kawhi Leonard, he's gonna go off, but um. Do you realize that uh, your second star is still there, if you want to even call him that? Um, 
playoff P. Did y'all did y'all forget about him? Cause um, I sure didn't. Um, did, did y'all just forget that in game two, this man Paul George shot eight for eighteen. This is the same man who gave himself the nickname Playoff P and got cooked by rookie Donovan Mitchell. This is the same Playoff P who got gamed by Damian Lillard. This is the same Paul George who hit the side of the backboard in a deciding game seven. And y'all want to talk and y'all want to talk to me about all oh, Clippers in seven? Have you lost your minds? Donovan Mitchell is an absolute beast. Rudy Gobert is the defensive player of the year, even though that should have been Ben Simmons. But he's still defensive player of the year, okay? Don't disrespect these guys, man. Joe Ingles, hooping. Jordan Clarkson, hooping. Y'all just lost Serge Ibaka. Marcus Morris has been trash. Patrick Beverly's still on the roster. You're talking about some Clippers in seven. Stop it. Stop it. What? Y'all, y'all have, do y'all have any thoughts about this take? Clippers are not winning the series at all. Yeah, they will not. They will yeah. Bye, L.A. Siri, <laughs> play California Love. California, yeah. Man. PG and Kawhi, they about they about to plan their trip to Cancun, man. They about to be woman with Brian and AD, man. They they about to be at the Space Jam premiere all all together. No, they gonna together. be at the Sierra Canyon game. <laughs> Duh. But, uh, John, you said you got a WNBA take? Yeah, I got a few WNBA takes. Um, so, the first one is uh, men hype up the players based on their looks and not on their talent. Absolutely. Yes, that, that is facts. Um, now, I'm I'm in the minority that doesn't do that, but, you know, that's – Definitely true. Um, because I'm trying to think of an example. Oh, well, I know they're not the WNBA, but the Gonzalez twins, yeah, you know, you know, um, y'all, y'all remember that first episode, (laughs) yeah, Jesus Christ. Okay, um, let me let me think of another player that comes to mind. Um, now, I like Tia Cooper, but last season, Tia Cooper, her season high was 10 points and three assists in 19 minutes. And, you know, Dwight Howard, I just got to say, you fumbled the bag, brother. I, I don't I don't know how you did it, but you fumbled the bag. But I mean, Tia Cooper's up there, man. Um, 
the the NBA world, I'm well, the college women's basketball fans have been grasping onto Jaden Owens for dear life. Even though she's she's a good player too, but you know, I I agree with that take heavily. Yeah. I I agree with that take a lot. Um there's many guys out there that like Liz Cambage, but don't even know Liz Cambage stats or how she balls. Exactly. Oh my god, Liz Cambage, she can fucking ball. Literally. She can ball, bro. I mean, yeah, she's a baddie. Don't get me wrong. Big body bends. I would love to take a trip one day in that big body bends. Don't get me wrong. But she she can ball. She can hoop. She can hoop, bro. And uh there's a there's a rookie, Kaiser Gondrich. Everybody's paying attention to her this year. Knowing dang well she's on the worst team in the league. On the worst team in the league. But everybody, they reposting her. They reposting her posts. They be putting her in her stories like, oh my gosh, she's so beautiful, but don't even watch the games. Don't even watch the game. Don't even know her teammates. Don't probably don't even know what team she plays for, what state she plays for, what the name of the arena is. It, it, it just it it, it kind of like gets it kind of pisses me off like me like being a a huge women's basketball fan it, it kind of pisses me off okay, they're, they're they know women's basketball exists but they don't pay attention to it and the only way right. they pay attention to it is, is for their beauty which I'm like come exactly like come on can you watch the basketball mind. game that, like, let's just say, for example, right? Let's just say you a guy, you a huge, you a huge NBA fan, and a woman starts watching NBA because she's attracted to the guys. Not, not for the skills, not for the entertainment, not to like you know improve her basketball IQ, but because she's attracted to the guys. That 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 literally gets me upset. Yeah, that's yeah, that's, that's, insane. that's insane. Because then, when they do that, then the the men, these quote unquote men, now get mad at her, and they're like, "Oh, you're just casual because you just watched because you basketball, you 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 don't even play for real. You just watch this game. You don't know what you're talking about." But when they do it, it's like it's widely accepted. But obviously, you know, people the you know these uh, quote unquote men hate women. Uh, so I would say you could tell this on Twitter when they like talking about oh not a real sport and stuff like that. Yeah, I was like, that bro, just, me off I'm like, bro, just say you hate women, dog. <laughs> like, bro. like, I see that so often, and I'm just like, bro, like, what is wrong with you, dude? Like, how can you bash this woman knowing good and well? You don't know you. It's a game. She putting you on the ground. Exactly. Like, bro, I, 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 bro. Like, like, cause women say all the time, men ain't shit. I'm with you. I'm right with you. Uh, damn, you got a wrestling take? Yeah, I got a few. Uh, I got, I got a lot of responses from mine. So, um. Let's see, where's uh, where's my first one? Okay, so we got, I'm going to just do this top one. Bret Hart was the best technical wrestler of all time, and now 
is Drew McIntyre. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, wait, pause, stop, 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 stop. stop. It <laughs> okay, the first, the first half, half of the take, the first <laughs> half of the take, I'm already on the fence about because personally, I think that might be Daniel Bryan, but Drew McIntyre. That might be Chris Drew McIntyre, not even technical. He's not even technical. I would say Drew is a he throws uh, people, bro. I would say he's a, a powerhouse. Exactly. Um, Just said Drew McIntyre. He's a good wrestler. I don't know if I would say he's yeah. technical. So. He's not a technical wrestler. Okay. Um I don't even think Drew McIntyre has a single submission in his arsenal. I have not seen him attempt a submission. I've only seen I don't even think I've seen him do headlock. Drew McIntyre is a technical wrestler, bro. Stop, stop, stop. He's not. I don't. I don't know who lied to you, but that's that's no, no. Okay, so this next one is AEW will have better talent and more viewership than uh, than WWE within the next three to four years. I won't be surprised. That's borderline already happening. Yeah. <laughs> like, dude. Like, here's the thing. Everybody's saying, like, oh, well, WWE has a better roster. They don't have a roster. Like, dude, they released some of their best as people on the roster. Yeah. Like, and it's like, you I really think, can't. I feel like you can't say WWE has the best roster anymore because. You can't have the best roster if you don't use it. Exactly. Like, and because even even like because I know people like people complain about AEW Dark and Dark Elevation about that's the only way they get uh, guys on through YouTube, but they still got the platform. Like YouTube is one of the most used apps on a daily basis. Literally. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like. It's a lot of people I got hit to from Dark, like Ricky Starks from Dark, Will Hobbs, Hobbs Layla Hirsch. No, nah, bro, like look, Will Hobbs. That's 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 my one of my second favorite guy on the roster, right behind Ricky. And the both of them I got from Dark. So it's a great I way think the for roster them to be developed too. Yeah, like and then ratings wise, I mean, I'm not one of those guys who just like, oh well, demographics. Yeah, like. No, I mean, is it important? It it is just not to me. Um, I was reading something, and I remember like Triple H cut a promo a few years ago, and he was talking about some. Oh well, he was he was mocking a bunch of like the wrestling fans. He was like, "Oh my God, like if I don't get what I want, then me and by God, me and my friend Mark will stop watching." <laughs> and that was like seven years ago, almost, and. That episode of Raw got like four million, and the latest episode of Raw got like one point five million. So that that's borderline almost losing almost three million viewers in seven years. And you know, AEW they're on the rise. You know, so um, I, I definitely agree. If it hasn't already happened, and I I just want to say this one of my own. I. I I know I said in the group chat, or if any of you saw, anybody listening saw with Mark, because they obviously did just sign Mark Henry. Mm. And he talked about the repetitiveness of how they do things 
trying to everybody's trying to outdo each on the on the roster. Do I believe AW is close to a better roster? I would very much you could very much make a case for it. But I is AEW is hard to watch right now because of that reason. They have excellent talent, but it's like like for the reason we were talking about probably a few episodes ago, how there's like eight Canadian destroyers, eight wrestlers who have super kicks as their finisher. And it's just like it's kind of hard to watch unless it's a pay-per-view, yeah. basically. Cause my cousins and my like I was with my cousins and my sister last night and we got tired of watching Philly and Atlanta because it wasn't even close. So we watched SmackDown and then Dynamite came on literally right after. And it's two completely different shows. Like, you know, SmackDown, of course, it's a it's a it's the best show right now. And that's even even that's debatable right now, because Dynam between Dynamite and SmackDown is it's different. Like I was because I bro, I wish Jalen was on this episode just to piss him off, bro. But like that whole thing with Roman, bro. <laughs> That's Yo, what that was, was, that, that, was bro, that was fire. Hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> like, bro, he was gaslighting the fuck out of Jimmy Uso, bro. And then, like, bro, when he when he threw when he threw Dominic Mysterio at the ring, bro, like, I that made me happy. But then, you know, you I'm watching Dynamite, and you know, obviously, Dynamite's more gritty, it's more adult themed. So of course that's cooler. But with the matches, it just kind of seemed like I was watching some of the same matches over and over again. Like, like I, I, I it was a couple, the, the two matches I want to focus on specifically were Layla Hurst versus Nyla Rose. To me, that and that's gonna it's debatable for like some people are gonna be mad about this, but for me that was match of the night. And then it was the main event between um, Hobbs and Cage versus uh, Hangman Page and Ten, bro. Like, I'm usually not a fan of distraction finishes, bro, but that that was actually worth it. Cause like, I wish Ricky Starks was in that role of um, moving out of Team Taz and turning face, but yeah, I like Brian Cage, so I'm 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 with it. Like, but then the rest of the matches they just felt so repetitive. Well, except for Christian versus uh, so who was he facing? That South African white dude. I, I can't even think of his name, but some of the Angelica, matches have Angelica. been repetitive. Angelica, oh Angelica. yeah. Yeah, like a lot of the matches have been repetitive, like Canadian Destroyer. Don't get me started on Young Bucks, bro. I'm, you know what? I'm done. I'm not even. I'm not even gonna do that today. I would say not today, bro. Not today. <laughs> <laughs> not today. Um. Okay, I got another one. Where did go? Um. Oh, I got a. I got an NBA take yeah. that I. I, ha- I have to say this one because if not, she'll kill me. Um. Had Michael Jordan not made more than the entire roster for the Bulls combined, he would have had at least one more ring. Wait, I say that one more time. Had Michael Jordan not made more than the entire roster for the Bulls combined, he would have had at least one more ring. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I think so. Because, I mean, the first of all, I mean, Jerry Cross was kind of an idiot when it came to – the last dance, you know, yeah. breaking up that team, that was stupid. Um, you know, Michael Jordan 
I'm not going to say he was necessarily overpaid, but he was overpaid. Like, he... Okay, now, Scottie Pippen's case, that was his fault. Scottie Pippen was just a dumbass. That, that was his fault. That That's why, I, like, bro, like, nah. But, I mean, the rest of the team, like, I get he was Michael Jordan, but could you you could never see LeBron making more than the entire rest of the Lakers combined, the entire rest of the Cat or the Heat combined. Like, you could not see that. So I, I think if they just, you know, Jordan took a pay cut, Jerry Cross kept the team together, there's a chance they could have four-peated, you know. And I want to I want to debunk something. Like I've heard people say that the Houston Rockets winning the title in 95 was a fluke because it's only because Jordan didn't play. Shut up. Don't like stop. Like y'all, y'all are not going to discredit Hakeem the Dream Olajuwon. Just because Michael Jordan didn't play, okay? That man was out there getting trashed in baseball, okay? He felt he needed the time off. He needed the time off, okay? If he needed the time off, there was no way the Bulls were going to win. I'm sorry. Like, I, I'd even go as far as to say if Michael Jordan did play that, that, that 94-95 season, in the mindset that he was in, you know, he just lost his dad and he didn't really have the heart for basketball. I'd argue to say that instead of six and oh, it'd possibly be six and one. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, for sure. Uh, John, you, you got some more takes? Oh, well, Dave, you can. I was saying, I realized I, I, said the first my first take wrong so it wasn't Shawn Michaels was the best technical it was uh Bret Hart yeah that's what you said oh it was okay yeah oh I got uh one more take for uh WNBA it says uh they need to dish that orange and white ball it looks like an arcade ball Uh yes, please. Yeah, yeah. Kitty. Yeah, I mean, like the ball itself looks cool, but it's just like that's not a professional basketball, you know. Like if they if they went to like just a an all out original Spalding or Wilson, it it would be fine. Um, again, like I like the ball. It's just not when you look at that basketball, like they. Like the take itself said, like you thinking of that arcade basketball shooting off rip, or a little kid who brings their basketball to the YMCA. That that's what comes to mind when I see that ball. Yeah. Um, I got one more NBA take. Um, CP3 getting too much hype. Devin Booker needs some more love. That's wrong. That that is absolutely wrong. Um, I I I think that honestly, I think CP3 isn't getting that much credit because I mean, of course, Devin Booker is gonna go off like that's that. To say Devin Booker needs some more love, I mean, yes, that's true because people have been downplaying Devin the greatness of Devin Booker up until now. But to say CP3 has been getting too much love, I I wholeheartedly disagree, man. Like. This man's putting up like 17 and 15 with zero turnovers. Like, 
not many players in the league can and have done that. Like, I think Chris Paul has the most 15 assist games in the playoffs with zero turnovers. And with the rest of them, it's not even close. So I, I disagree. And Chris Ball has been changing the culture of teams over the last eight, nine years. He's literally made good teams or average teams. Just literally just look at the difference between the Suns this year and last year. Exactly. Like, because I think I forgot if this if this was the exact stat or not. But they were saying in this series thus far, Chris Paul has had 33 assists and only three turnovers. I wouldn't be surprised. (laughs) That's insane. So I I highly disagree with that. Yeah. Uh, Damien, you got any more takes you want to do? Yeah. Um, So I can just combine – I can just – uh, combine these two. All right. Um, so the first one is Seth Rounds is one of the best is one of the best in the world currently, and the other one, Shawn Michaels, was the best in ring performer to ever do. Yes and no. Uh, I I agree with the Seth Rollins part. I mean, Seth Rollins. The only thing I have against Seth Rollins is his face run from like 2019 that was that was absolute garbage you know and then him running his mouth on social media and hell in a cell 2019 but the second part okay this is gonna ruffle some feathers but i mean a lot of people agree with me on this but in my opinion if i if i'm choosing the goat of pro wrestling like of all time i'm going with aj styles What? Yeah, I, I say like if if I don't I I don't have Shawn Michaels as the best. Like I have AJ Styles as the best. Like all around performer. Yeah. Like everything. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, like when you're talking about like character, um, I mean his TNA days, like he wasn't really like too much of a character. But then when they did have him, like, officially have, make him have a character, it wasn't his fault that it didn't work. You know, that was Hogan and Flair, like, trying to make AJ the next Ric Flair. That wasn't his fault. But then, I mean, like, when he went to New Japan and Ring of Honor and he was the leader of Bullet Club, he went crazy. And then, like, his like his character work in WWE has been the best of his career. Like, he's taking the ball and run with it like the bone yard match wasn't supposed to work and he made it work you know he 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 just cannot do any wrong right now and his tna work dude i i don't even have to talk about the the caliber of the matches that he used to put on in tna i, I don't even have to speak on it you know Shawn michaels he was one of the best of all time but i got aj as my goal That is a really good case. You you really just sold that. Because then even his New Japan matches were incredible. Even once he got there. Wow. 
Okay. Um, yeah, also to the first part, Seth Rollins doesn't need to be anything besides a heel. Always. He does not need to be a face in it by any means. <laughs> he plays it too well. Yeah. Um, to be honest, for the Shawn Michaels part, for me, I don't really enjoy watching his matches outside of DX. It is not knocking him as a performer. I've just never been a like huge Shawn Michaels guy. Yeah, that's a bit of a hot take. <laughs> you you like you the first person I've ever heard say that. I don't, I don't know. Uh, Damon, what you, what you, what do you think about that take? Um, I forgot what the take was. Can you repeat that again? Yeah, it was Seth Rollins is one of the best in the world right now, and Shawn Michaels was the best in-ring performer to do it. First part, I agree. The second part, I disagree. In-ring performer? Nah. When it comes to, like, technical, technical, it would have to be Bret Hart. Uh, when it comes to, like, promo and, like, entertainment, either The Rock or Stone Cold, when it comes to, like, dominancy, Undertaker. But Shawn Michaels, I mean, don't get me wrong, he's a legend. But he's not one of the best to do it. My Mount Rushmore would be Undertaker, Stone Cold, The Rock, and uh, Ric Flair. I, I just don't see Shawn Michaels being named one of the best wrestlers of all time. I don't see it. I'll definitely say he's in the top 10. Yeah. I'll say that. He's top five, maybe. That's that's a huge debatable. maybe. But he's top 10 I'll for sure. I'll say it's debatable for top five, but top 10 yeah. for sure. Yeah. All right. All right, but that's going to bring it to the close of this edition of Worst Takes. Guys, keep sending in your takes. These have been... I, I love reacting to these, man, because some of y'all be tweaking. Like, really. I, I don't know why. Some of y'all, man, like, we might just bring you on a podcast just to roast you, not even a hold you, because y'all be saying some dumb shit. But moving on to the wrestling side, and this first topic is going to definitely ruffle some people's feathers. These are all of our list for the three worst wrestling finishers of all time and i'm gonna give my list first and let me just say now the attitude era stands are going to absolutely hate me i i just and some of these i have combined into one because they're too somewhere removed to not do it um at number three i have the worm slash the caterpillar um 
I mean, I guess it's cool seeing people do the worm. You know, we, we used to do it as kids all the time. But what, if you're going to do something like that, you know, you just seem like it, it'd be something impactful, like a like a body splash or like a, a moonsault or something. And it's either a knife edge chop or an elbow drop, a standing elbow drop. How, how do you beat somebody with that? Like, you know, if we're talking, you know, a real fight, I think an elbow drop to the heart would definitely win a fight. But, you know, not not a chop. The second, my number two, I talked about it last week, is the people's elbow. And again, I, I appreciate The Rock wholeheartedly for his work in the wrestling business. But the people's elbow just looked so dumb. Like... The people's elbow is one of those wrestling moves that shall only win matches in a video game. Like the rock won titles off of that. You know, he, he had the rock bottom. He used the rock bottom often, but there was times where he won titles with the people's elbow. He pinned the Miz and R-Truth with the people's elbow. I, cause if I was a wrestler, bro, I'm straight no selling that move. I'm sorry. Like, I, I couldn't if if I'm working for WWE and Vince McMahon told me to my face that he wants me to get pinned for one, two, three after theatrics, removing an elbow, hitting the ropes, and an elbow drop to the shoulder. I'm quitting the company. I'm sorry. And then my number one, oh, attitude era fans, like some of you are gonna agree with me, but it's the stink face slash Bronco Buster. Um, no, I'm sorry. Because, you know, when I heard I, I heard that when Rikishi did it, like, he would build up a fart and then do it. Like, he fart in the middle of the stink face and, like, pull his thong in between his ass cheeks. And, you know, that that's disgusting, for one. The Bronco Buster... I don't know whose idea that was to come up with that move. It might have been X-Pac. But to lose a match after a crotch is thrust into your face multiple times, no. And then, you know, Jerry Lawler, of course, he ruined the move, you know, because when women did it, he just sitting there with a big old pervert-ass smile on his face waiting for it to happen. And, like... WWE, like, I know WWE was different at the time and the world was quote-unquote different at the time. So I guess, like, that was what was acceptable. But, like, even when you look back and, like, you, there's no way you can just sit there and be like, oh, my God, like, that's so cool. They're thrusting their face and their ass into their face. No, that's that's trifling, okay? that That's absolutely trifling. But that's my three... Um, to the fan, the, the huge fans of the Attitude Era who have not moved on to the from the Attitude Era, I'm sorry if you dislike my list. But the three I just named were pretty stupid, you know. But that that's just me. Um, John, you can give your list next. Hmm. List. Number three, I'm going to have to do Hulk Hogan's Electrop. I... I I was like, that's it. He just jumps up, lands on his leg. 
That's it. Uh, so I, that's my number three. Uh, my number two would have to be a uh, um, Great Khali's um, his like head <laughs> mushing, his head mushing. And I remember he had like Rey Mysterio like bleeding or foaming, like through the mask. I thought that was like pretty bad. That that was like that was bad. It was like, uh, you go do something like that looks stupid. I can just push you off the back or just move your hands. But and number one, the number one dumbest finishing move belongs to the Bella twins. The switcheroo. That what dumbest finisher ever. And to tell you the truth, that was the Bella Twins' first move, and it, it's just it's just bad. It's stupid. I hate it. Like I literally hate it. Like there, someone literally. You one, you can easily tell Nikki and Bree apart. And not only they they both can't wrestle. Yeah, they both can't. And the fact that you have one of them wrestling during a match, which is awful, and then you got an awful finisher where they switch and then they pin and then they win. Like really? Really? I just don't understand that. So that finisher is, is bad. It's, it's not even a wrestling finisher. It's just, oh, let me just switch. Let me just hide from under the ring and get over. And then pinner, one, two, three, we win. Yay. But no, no. I, I have to respectfully disagree, bro. Like, I'm with you. The Bella Twins couldn't wrestle for shit. You know, that, that's not the thing. It's just like, Bro, that is so creative. Like, think about it. You remember the rumor going around that Markeith and Marcus had switched out and played, and everybody was like, okay, that's cold. Why can't we apply that to the Bella Twins, bro? Like, imagine, like, you know, because here's the thing. You're saying, like, it's easy to tell Nick and Brie apart. This was before the surgeries. So, that they at the time, you couldn't tell them apart. Like, I couldn't tell, you know. Nikki got some enhancements, you know, more power to her if that, that was her decision. Now you can tell them apart. Back then, like, dude, we were like 10 years old. There is no way we were able to tell them apart. Nah. But, like, then, like, you know, maybe Nikki or Bree, she getting smacked around in the ring. And then, you know, her opponent, they lose sight for one split second. And they do the switcheroo and the roll-up. And that, that was cool. Now the only issue I have with that is, how did how did the other twin get under the ring? You know that that's the only issue I have with that. But I'm I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to respectfully disagree, bro. That wasn't that bad. <laughs> but Damon, what's your list? Uh, so my list is a bit more, a uh, bit more modern. So my number three was the Wasteland Wade Barrett's first finisher. Um, the come the the rise of Nexus was so sweet, and he was the the main leader 
everybody hit the fence. Like when they like first came into the ring and they like destroyed everything and it was like, okay, Wade Barrett is going to be the last one to um, show dominance. And this man puts him up on his shoulder and slowly throws him on the ground. <laughs> and especially after he, he that was that. Oh my God. And especially after he debuted the boy hammer, like, Dude, oh my god, if his if his finisher was the bull hammer at that point, oh my god, Bro. that would have been so sweet. Cause I love the bull hammer, exactly. but that would have yeah. been so cold. Um so my number two, I was debating between two of them, and I think I'm gonna put them together because it's the same concept. So they're not one. Well, this one's not in WWE anymore, but it pissed me off to a point where I had to I had to say something about it. Rich Swan, when he would jump up and down three times and then do a front flip, do a four a, a standing front flip into somebody and would get a three count for a win. He won a championship jumping up and down and did a four fifty. And then Apollo Cruz's first finisher from the military press, and he would drop him down and do a backflip on. <laughs> Jarell, you I, you look like you got something to say. <laughs> See, I mean, look, bro, like, dude, it's a four fifty in a moonsault. That. <sighs> Like, dude, I mean, I with Rich Swan, I understand the three jump jumping in the air three times part, but like a standing four fifty, man, that's dope. And then Apollo Cruz, like that was like the perfect. Okay, the military press. Um, that that's uh, eh, but I mean, that's like a perfect combination of a power and athleticism finisher. Mm-hmm. I just I feel also I feel like Apollo Cruz has just been plagued with bad finishes his whole career, but that's just that's a whole other conversation. Um, <laughs> um, but one my number one, my number one, this may not be the worst of all time, but it's the worst of all time to me because because of the principle of it was the thumb chop from Umaga. Umaga, one of the most dominant wrestlers at the time, and you give him a, a thumb to the head, a thumb to the head, and this man looks absolutely terrifying. Like, he would destroy half the rest roster, and you're like, oh, yeah, let him grab him by the head and just hit him with a thumb. Die. And that's just it. Because... <laughs> The thing about it, I think that the reason it was so bad is because it wasn't the right move. Like the the concept, like from what I've heard, the concept of it, I don't okay, like I think it was called the Samoan Spike and then um yeah. Apollo Cruz new bodyguard is calling it the Nigerian nail. It's supposed to be a thumb to like right here, like right in the neck, like at a specific pressure point. If that's the case, and that's how they're supposed to be presenting it, then that's fine. Because if you just got this big dude and he jams your thumb into the side of your neck in a specific spot, like right where your skull and your neck connect at, 
that's that that's that's deadly. You know, you could kill somebody off that. But if it's a thumb to the head, yeah, nah, that's trash. And that y'all have some interesting like we we have some interesting lists. Um I'm I'm afraid I've ruined the attitude era for some people. Again, like actually I'm not sorry. I'm not even gonna sit here and I'm not even gonna lie to you. I'm not sorry. Um it had to be said that those moves were trash for, for all of us. But moving on to our next topic. And, and this is kind of funny because I was just talking about some of the Attitude Era fans. We are going to talk about the toxicity of the IWC or the internet wrestling community. You, When we first started the episode, we were talking about these NBA casuals. And I want to say this for the record. The internet wrestling community is the most toxic fan base in the world. Not the Beehive, not the Barbs, none of the, the internet wrestling community is the most toxic fan base ever. Like the way that like people just talk to each other because they don't like a certain wrestler. Like I've 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 really had to stop myself from tweeting my opinion about Kenny Omega because people are crazy. Like what they do is like they'll search Kenny Omega's name on Twitter to see who's running their mouth and talking shit. And if they see something they don't like, they comment and then they tell their friends to comment. And here's the thing. I ain't scared of nobody. I don't care. Ratio. Like, I don't, I don't care what people think, bro. But if you come to my page and try to argue with me, I'm bringing smoke. I am. And then like, the thing that bothers me the most about the internet wrestling community is that, why is it that we can't just enjoy all the companies? Like, it's always got to be like, oh, you can only enjoy WWE. You can only enjoy AEW. Like, why can't we just watch both? I don't I don't get it. Like, everything is a competition. Like, now, in w, when it was WWE versus WCW days, when they were literally in a Monday, the Monday Night War, when they were literally in competition with each other, that makes sense. AEW and WWE, like, they throw subliminals at each other all the time, but they're not in real competition with each other. So for you to say like, oh, well, AEW is the greatest thing ever and they never make mistakes, even though a lot of the matches are just Canadian destroyers and super kicks, but then say, oh, well, WWE is absolute garbage. Like, nah, that, that just doesn't work for me. Like, it, people are really crazy. Like, some of these wrestling YouTubers, like, first of all, but besides the fact that you just can't like one more than one thing at the same time with them, they switch opinions, like, bro, like, they switch opinions more than Kardashians go through black dudes, man. Like, one day you'd be like, oh, I can't support WWE anymore, or and then the next is like, oh, why WWE is the greatest thing ever, and then it's like, oh, well, Chris Jericho's the GOAT, and now, like, oh, Chris Jericho's ruining AEW, and I'm like, make up your mind like and they do this back and forth back and forth back and forth and it's like make up your mind so i i definitely think the internet wrestling community is the most toxic fan base in the world and it sucks because like when you're a part of that community and you just gotta sit there and watch it like just watching it go down like um 
there's this there's this Twitter page called AEW Botches. And you know, like they're you know, because Botcha Man like Botcha Mania on YouTube, like it's funny because they're not poking fun at just one, they're poking fun at every single botch and they're making jokes of it. This page is literally the bash AEW, man. Like there was this, and then there was this one guy who um he said that uh, like the inner circle's interest during when nothing at the stadium Tempe when they were um on that zip line, he said that they were making fun of Owen Hart's death. And I'm sitting there like, how could you even come up with something that stupid? Like, what even brought you to think that? Like that, like just saying stuff for clout, but. <clears throat> I don't understand it, but Damon, what are, what are your thoughts on the state of the IWC? It's it's awful. Um, I I always thought that the NBA Twitter was like horrible. Honestly, so the internet wrestling community is bad, really bad, but NBA Twitter is far worse or maybe i haven't seen some of the really really bad parts but nba twitter is absolutely unbearable but it's i was gonna say when i first got um when i first first saw it like i had a couple pages that were like really cool but if you just start if you go through like the comments or you start going like on the on the trending when it's like when it's on it's literally just you and you know like you know you're about to see some horrible stuff when it's like uh Roman ranks 12 and 6 seven seven wins in the last something and he's and it's like the pictures the and you just see him under a AEW thing and they just absolutely going in on somebody and this like arguments and then you have the not all see, but here's the I think what makes the internet wrestling community so bad is it's not just like fans saying stupid stuff. It's like these wannabe journalists that like put out these horrible and completely biased articles and make horrible claims about people and try to be the dirt sheet. Not internet. <clears throat> yeah. Jim Cornette is a whole. <laughs> but yeah, because like like you said, Drew, like why why should we have to be like one way or another? Like honestly, this is one of the best times in wrestling in a long time. Like, if you don't want to watch WWE, you can watch AEW. If you want to watch Impact again, Ring of Honor, New Japan. Whatever, like there's so many options. Like, why do I gotta be like, oh, I you know I'm I gotta watch them. I cannot watch anything else ever again. I guess a really stupid thing to do. Yeah. Yeah, that's how I feel about that. Uh, John, what do you what do you think about the IWC? IWC, man, they're very detrimental to the professional wrestling industry. Uh, I believe like they're the ones that that hold everyone back, even themselves. They hold the fans back. 
They hold the wrestlers back. They hold the creative team back, even though creative team is ass. And I'm glad IWC is holding them accountable for the BS that they put out. But they hold everyone back. They hold everyone back from their potential. They hold everyone back from their growth. They believe that things should just happen with a snap of a finger, but it's not going to happen with a snap of the finger. Also, as I stated earlier about these casual fans, go get a job. File an application. Fill it out. Send it in. Please. Prepare for an interview. Do well in the interview. Get the job. Show up on the first day. Early. Not on time, but early. (laughs) Get a hobby. Work on it. Don't just sit on just one thing all day. Get a hobby. That's not wrestling. Like, go outside, go for a walk, go to the park, jog, touch grass, something like, like, because unless you get paid to talk about basketball and wrestling, and I mean, come on, y'all, like, we're, we're not there yet. I would like to be there, but we're not there yet, you know, until if you're not getting paid to talk about this stuff, get a life. You know, we we do the podcast once a week and we talk in our group chat, but we have lives. We have things to do. We we have priorities and responsibilities. Do that. Like y'all be wasting time arguing with somebody on Twitter because they said that the one wing angel is not a good finisher and you arguing back and forth because and you can come out of nowhere and you say like, oh, well. Eva Marie sucks. I'm just like, okay, well, in that regard, that's that's di- that's different. Cause I mean, she she kind of does, you know. Speaking of which, um, she makes her debut Monday. Well, her return Monday. <clears throat> so that's that should be interesting. And everybody, but the thing about it is, everybody's gonna be watching. Because they want to see if she's going to be bad or not. That, And that's halfway toxic, but it's also kind of a good thing because it brings WWE more viewers, which they need. But they're not going to get more viewers because the product sucks. But, like, just, it, the internet wrestling community just needs a breath of fresh air. like, And the wrestlers contribute to it, too, like. Some some of the wrestlers do. Um, I'm not gonna go on a Kenny Omega rant today. I've 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 decided I'm not gonna rant on the elite today. But they they've started a lot of stuff like arguing with people, Cody Rhodes included. You know, Brandy Rhodes like, you know, Brandy hasn't really done anything like as far as running her mouth. But like, people have talked about Brandy Rhodes so badly for no reason that she's deactivated her social medias multiple times. It's happened to Kayla Braxton. It's happened to the Young Bucks. Um, Seth Rollins borderline got kicked off of Twitter for being stupid at one point. And it's, I'm tired of seeing it, you know, like, cause um, I just ordered my tickets for WWE Live in August when they come to Detroit. And I know a whole bunch of people that's going, and it's like, these are people I can actually just sit and chill with. 
why can't it just be the same on social media? Like, I don't, I don't get it. Like, I, I will never understand that. But the fact of the matter is things need to improve because it's just, it's just toxic. Like, there is no reason why a group of people should collectively bully somebody because of their opinion, unless they're racist, into deactivating their social medias. That's that's not cool. But that that's just me. Now, that's going to do it for wrestling. And now moving on to the WNBA, an exciting topic. There have been so many buzzer beaters this season. Like, I think it's only been six, per se. Like, but when you think about it, that's that's a lot, man. Like, Kia Nurt. Let me just talk about Kia Nurse's buzzer beater, bro. That game winner. A Eurostep half-court game winner. Oh, my God. That that was absolutely beautiful. Jewel Lloyd, that was beautiful. Sabrina Ionescu. And I know, like, people, be, we've, we've been ragging on Sabrina. But in her first game back, a buzzer beater? A game winner? Nah. And then, um, let me see. What else? Um, Arike, I don't, I don't want to mispronounce her name, but um, Arike from Dallas Wings. She scores eight straight points, including a step-back three with 0.7 seconds left on the clock. The GOAT, Deanna Taurasi, and we're going to talk about her more later, going crazy. Courtney Williams in overtime to beat the New York Liberty. You should be watching WNBA basketball, bro. Like, find, find some time in between these playoff games. And after work to just catch a game, like I know some of the games are on Twitter. Like, you know, league pass, WNBA league pass is only sixteen dollars. Like, just just go for it, man. Like you, y'all are missing out on some great basketball, some really clutch moments. But like, I, I just I want to see what you guys have been thinking about how crazy these buzzer beaters have been. Damon, you can start. Yeah, and speaking of Drew Lloyd, um, shout out to John Quell Jones and. Jewel Lloyd plays of the week this week. They've been playing out of their mind, not this week, but just in general this season. But um, the buzzer beaters, I mean, it is it, it's it's like it's wild because these games, there's been so many good games this year. Um, and as this is my first season, like fully watching, this is it's honestly incredible. And it's like I'm I'm punching myself that it's taking me so long to really uh, expose myself to this. Um, but it's, it's been incredible. Like even I, <laughs> there's also been like some, some blowouts, some bad games, but like, even then you get to see some of the young talent that, uh, that may not see those minutes. Uh, but yeah, this the this is like you said, sixteen dollars, not sixteen a month. The one time paid sixteen dollars. Like you probably gonna see a better game than I don't know. You it's good basketball. You enjoy basketball. You enjoy it. John, what do you think about these buzzer beaters thus far? 
I love it. It shows how competitive competitive the league is. It doesn't matter. Like, yeah, Seattle's the best team in the league, but you had Enrique do a step back game winner in Seattle at Seattle. It really shows how competitive the league is. This year, anybody can win the championship. Anybody can. It could be Chicago. It could be Seattle. It could be the Mystics. It could be Connecticut. Anybody can win. Or Vegas. Anybody can win this year. It shows, like, the competitive of competitiveness of the league. And if you're missing out, you're missing out, bro. You are missing out. You're missing out. good basketball. This is good basketball. If you don't want to be a casual anymore, you want to become like a serious fan, watch the WNBA. Yeah, they don't dunk and everything, but they're very competitive. They have, they're very smart in basketball. The WNBA would literally help you become smart in running the game. Like the buzzer beaters, they're amazing. They're great. It shows that these women got talent. We should have been paying attention to them. You should start paying attention to them now, and you will have fun watching. Like, I I just got my WNBA in late. Okay, now, that's my only issue that I've had with the WNBA thus far. It took me literally a month to get my hoodie. Literally a month. And, you know, FedEx was part of the problem. You know, FedEx should be put out of business. Um, I'm sorry, just no. But... I just got my hoodie. You know, if it wasn't so hot, I'd be wearing it during the podcast. Like I, it's summertime now, so I can't really wear it. But I, I will be rocking that hoodie on Morehouse College's campus for sure. Like support the W. Like those women are absolutely goaded. And speaking of goaded, our final topic for the day, we are going to talk about the legacy of who many people believe is the greatest WNBA player of all time, Indiana Taurasi. This woman has been outstanding in the WNBA. I'm just going to go over some of her awards. She is a three-time WNBA champion, a two-time finals MVP. She won the WNBA a MVP in 09. She's a nine-time All-Star. She's made all WNBA 14 times. In 2011, she was named one of the top 15 players of all time. In 2016, she was named as part of the top 20 rookie of the year, five-time scoring champion, assist leader in 2014, six-time WNBA peak performer, all-time leading scorer in the WNBA, ladies and gentlemen. And she has the highest scoring average in WNBA history for a season. And the only time, and she did this in 2006. Nobody has come close. And the only person that could actually beat it right now is looking like Tina Charles might break that record this year. Cause she's averaging a little, a little more than Diana did. Cause Diana, she averaged twenty five point three, and I think Tina Charles is averaging like twenty five point six or seven. She has eight thousand three hundred and ninety one total points so far, and I think she's top five in the highest scoring average for a career. Has the most points in the season, highest average for a season. 
She's has the fourth most points in a game. She has the most points in a quarter with 22. And let's talk about what she's done for the Phoenix Mercury. There are so many highest scoring averages in games for the Phoenix Mercury that are due to Deanna Taurasi. Let me tell y'all something about Phoenix. In 2010, 2009, 2007, and 2011, they led the league in scoring as a team. Those four seasons are the highest scoring averages per game in WNBA history. All four of them are the Phoenix Mercury because of Deanna Taurasi. That woman has been balling out her entire career. And even now, she's still being highly productive. Like, I don't want to say like, oh, well, she's with the LeBron of the WNBA because she's Deanna Taurasi. You know, I don't want to make, I don't want to go and make that comparison. But if you wanted to make a comparison about the WNBA being dominant, LeBron, Jordan, that, that woman, she's the face of the WNBA. Like, I think, matter of fact, I think she's the logo now. Like, I think the WNBA said that she's not the logo, but I mean, come on, you look at that WNBA logo, that's, that's definitely Tarasi. But John, what do you, what do you think about Diana Tarasi as a player and her legacy? Diana Tarasi is the greatest women's basketball player of all time. Uh, if you disagree, you're an idiot, unless you can bring a compelling argument. But she's the GOAT. There's no other explanation because Jarrell already explained it. He already explained it. Diana Taurasi, I mean, yeah, she got a broken stern right now. She's out for four weeks. But she can still beat anybody in the rookie class right now in the game one-on-one. One on one. I don't care if it was against Ari McDonald. I don't care if it gets against uh, who who else was drafted, Kaiser or Charlie Collier. It don't matter. She can still beat them. Girl can be 45 years old, still still balling, still hooping. Um, Diana Taurasi is a go. She averaged for her career 19 points per game. And the fact and there's like many players who can't even average that right now. So Diana Taurasi, nobody can achieve like her. Nobody can achieve a career like her. I mean, if someone surpasses Diana Taurasi, I'd be really impressed. But no one can surpass Diana Taurasi right now. Yeah. Like, because, I mean, there are a lot of young talents in the league with potential. Like, y'all already already told you about my Eric McDonald bias, you know, Sabrina's been playing a little rough. You know, she's had a few rough games, but I, I, I still have faith in her. But I don't see anybody in the WNBA who comes close to surpassing her legacy, like at all. So that that that's my goat, man. And I'm I'm very, very happy that she's still being disproductive, like at this age. But Damon, what do you think about Deanna Tarasi's legacy and who she is as a player? 
Oh yeah. Um, I don't know if somebody said this her, but she she's the goat easily. Um, um, honestly, and I was gonna say I think she's the logo, ain't she? Yeah, yeah, she is. The WNBA um, won't claim it, but she is. I was gonna say it's even the the, the bun. They exactly <laughs> that's funny. Um, but yeah, I mean, she's been extremely dominant and consistently has produced her whole career. It's, it sucks that she had the injury this year. Um, but it would, it would have been awesome to see all of three of them playing together. But I think she, I, I honestly, when she retires, it'd be time to put her in the Hall of Fame. I mean, put her in the Hall of Fame now. Uh, I think I caught the end of somebody saying she can go one-on-one with just about anybody, and I wholeheartedly agree. Um, she still got it. She don't have it. Uh, I'm I'm happy that I've gotten to watch some of her games, and right. hopefully I get to see some more before um, she ends her career. That's the goal, and 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 that that ends the discussion right there. Like. You, there's no other player that I would even consider putting in that spot, you know. And it it's so crazy because you know when you think about the NBA, like you you automatically names come to mind like Bron, Michael Jordan. Some people have Magic, Kareem, Will Chamberlain. Like so many names come to mind, but WNBA wise, there's only one. You know, some people may say Lisa Leslie and Candace Parker. And I love Lisa Leslie and Candace Parker. Don't get me wrong, but Tarasi all day. All day. Give me Tarasi any other day, man. Like, she really could take any player one-on-one and win. Like, imagine what she would do to the Gonzalez twins. <laughs> man, I'm, I, I, love, I love her. I love her. And if you ever find a reason to watch the WNBA games or you need a reason, just watch her. Like, you know, I'm not going to compare legacies, but, you know, people say that a lot of the reason that they watch basketball, like me included, I watch basketball because of Kobe. Diana Sarasi has inspired a lot of the players in the WNBA. You know, if you, if you need any reason, like if, if you're looking for a reason to watch the WNBA, Watch some Phoenix Mercury games. I'm telling you, like, you you will get hooked. I'm telling you. But with that being said, that has brought us to the end of this episode of Who Plays. Thank you all for listening. Continue dropping your hot takes. Leave us a review, and we will see you guys next week.